0: Eight, seven, six, five, four, three,
1: two, one. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Opvac cast. This is episode 46 of the number one podcast in the world that has either the word optimism or vaccine in the name and has nothing to do with the power of positivity or I guess the rants and raves of a lunatic who believes in anti-vaccination. I am Steve Cuff and joining me today, Sean Glynnis.
2: Hi, uh, and I also wanted to note, I think it's the number one podcast also uh of any with the letter s in the title is that
1: it that's that's got to be it right so that yeah, does that, yeah. Does that, so we so we finally okay we beat out
2: s-town what about the s club seven podcast Serial. We, we beat this is we beat yeah we beat seven the podcast about the movie seven mm, okay that's good
1: you know i didn't think they could stretch that out for 279 episodes but what do i know <laughs>
2: uh we also yeah, what G- do you know uh the uh this american life i suppose has an s in it uh still below us doesn't really matter mm-hmm. yeah uh spontaneous
0: nation and- super ego don't <laughs> don't one.
1: don't forget about s- radio lab we beat them too <laughs> <laughs> jake how you doing today Stereo lab. hey i'm doing great steve how are you I don't know, man. I'm all right. I'm hanging good, in there. Good to be here. We we got all we right. got we got some important things to discuss. Thank God. I I only brought the A team out here uh because fuck those other losers. <laughs> this this is nice. the real this is the real optimism vaccine. I need some white boys wearing It's glasses. so
2: intimate.
1: It is. Uh yeah. well, I mean that's mostly because I'm not wearing anything right now. Sean, what are you wearing? I'm just wearing the light from a candle. Mm. That's what I like to hear. Oh boy. Well, I hope you guys are cool with recording while I have a throbbing erection. Uh, <laughs> and hey, speaking of throbbing erections, uh, yeah, man, we uh, we spent a little time at the theater this weekend. Jesus Christ! So uh, let me get, let me give us a little bit of background on what we what we're doing. Um, <laughs> so I have been <laughs> for the last month or so. I, I noticed it was about a month ago that. The local uh, movie theater that I go to, they they've been just just drenched in the Boss Baby, like advertising everywhere. It's on the popcorn tubs, it's on the the soda cups. There's giant cardboard cutouts everywhere. Like Boss Baby is the boss of Marcus Theaters in the great state of Wisconsin, and so I, I just started talking about the Boss Baby a lot on social media and. It's kind of become my thing. Like I, I, this is something that you don't want to your be like, brand. That's my, my brand is Boss Baby presently. Um, so to give you an idea, I think most people get it. Like they get the joke. Like ha ha, Steve's talking about the Boss Baby a lot. That's funny because Steve is a, is a grown adult who probably shouldn't see the Boss Baby. Um, I was out at a bar and I ran into a friend of mine and her boyfriend. Who i've met literally two or three times he came up to me he's like oh hey steve how you doing i was like oh hey man blah 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 and then he's just like so you excited for the boss baby <laughs> <laughs> i was like what <laughs> he's like yeah i see you talking about a lot on facebook i'm like oh okay so you're, you're you're not in on the joke this is this is who i am to people who are basically strangers that's great <laughs> this is wonderful and i live in this moment Uh, but yeah, so we, we actually, we, we went to see the boss baby and by we, I mean, me and Jake and not Sean, because, uh, despite his girlfriend basically begging you, Sean to go see the boss baby, you said, no, I'm the boss in this relationship, lady. Is that correct? No, no, we
2: were hoping, you know, she's going to listen to this.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: We were hoping to take my uh, wonderful niece and nephew, who we were visiting this past weekend, but um, unfortunately, just uh, it it didn't happen. Okay. Um, and I apologize, but uh, I'm I'm very eager to hear and to talk about uh, the boss baby, nonetheless.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, now the what I heard from my people about the conversation was, she said, "Sean, I I am the boss baby, and I demand." That you take me to see this movie. I'm the boss baby. Yeah. And it was <laughs> that was that was pretty good. Uh and then your response was no, I'm the big boss baby, and I say we're not going. And then you slammed your fist down. <laughs> Fucking jerk. Oh God. Uh I'm Can still... we Can we dig into this movie? <laughs> oh, we're we're digging. We're
2: digging. I'm still trying well, I... to to process it I have, honestly i have questions <laughs> so hopefully maybe maybe these will sort of guide you guys uh, we won't have answers
1: yeah now okay. and, and um, that's that's a good point because and and Sean I'll let you get to your questions in a second but part of my boss baby obsession came from the fact that um with the marketing and the, the preview the trailer i had a lot of questions about the boss baby that i wanted answered and after seeing the Boss Baby, like this is a really profound theater-going experience because I think I left with more questions than answers, and I, I still I still can't put it all together. It's like watching a David Lynch movie where you know days after the fact you're still trying to piece together little little parts. Yeah,
2: sure, sure. Like the Straight Story, I'm still like wondering how he <laughs> ma-
1: <laughs> how did he get how did he get so far on just a riding lawnmower? I don't know. You think he ever ran out of gas? Um, so, Sean. Okay, let's let's let you kind of guide it, this as the person yeah, yeah, who, who yeah, didn't um, see it.
2: Um, uh, give, yeah. give, shoot us some Boss Baby questions, man. We're here for some Boss Baby. Okay. Answers. So first of all, first of all, this is a uh, this is a movie, a children's movie, DreamWorks Animation. That's correct. With a of. budget a budget of $125 million Whoa. which you know i don't know i'm i'm sure in anima- animation terms that's probably par for the course but it's still a lot of money correct that's correct oh yeah and um opening weekend uh did 111 worldwide only 50 of which was the domestic which seems kind of odd to me one that it would do you know well at all overseas and um also that the lion's share of that was not domestic um so i I, i'm still like it it was number one this past weekend but i'm sort of i i'm it's gonna make its money back but i think it's still gonna be like a relative failure don't you guys think
1: yeah i mean or no well i i don't know that's that's hard to say jake you want to weigh in on this
0: one well, this was number one at the box office this weekend, and I believe it was the first film to dethrone Beauty and the Beast. Um, yeah. And I'm thinking, and I have no research at all to back this up, but I'm thinking that if you go overseas to a foreign language country, you get some big star to dub the baby, and it's a hit. You know what I'm saying? Ah, uh, I
2: see. <laughs> yeah, okay. Because so, Alec uh,
0: Baldwin is like the, the, you know, the Elvis Presley of our time. He really is. Correct. Yeah, really is. He,
2: yeah, he actually could, could play Elvis. like a late Elvis right now. Um, There's so, Elvis he, in this movie. Next question: Is this an entire movie based around the idea to homage Glenn, Gary, Glenn Ross's line with "cookies are for closers"?
1: You know, if this was just Glengarry Gary, Glenn Ross, but with CGI babies, I, it might be a little bit better. Uh, this is
2: this is not that. Um is is it played is it pretty prominent in the movie or is it just like just something that they pulled out for advertisements?
0: It's It's more in the ads than yeah. it is in the actual film. It's a throwaway a, a throwaway line in the actual movie when he says it.
2: Yeah. It's it's uh, really like not. a disposable diaper. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. That's a good way to
0: yeah. put it. It's just like a soiled huggy. Uh Yeah, it's like I want to see like the, the production meeting that the studio had with this movie because it's like they all sat down around a table and it's and they say okay what do children enjoy more than anything in the in this world and executive B says oh Glenn Gary Glenn Ross and executive A says absolutely correct all right now how do we make this movie
1: it's, it's, and then they it's just kind of pick
0: you back for. from there yeah and you just
2: kind of yeah go well from there. I mean that that sort of like leads me to, to a bigger question uh, this this movie was based on a picture book from seven years ago that's so right apparently it was was it was a runaway success it was at every uh baby shower or whatever baby's first second birthday um it, yeah it was it was actually it was based on three? uh it was based on the novel push by sapphire <laughs> uh, okay <laughs> um, um <laughs> this okay so it seems like maybe um it it's it it could have been maybe it it was the type of kids movie that sort of exhausts its premise in that first like twenty minutes and then gets dull like super just like dull as hell trying to make it into an entire movie around that well um, like a lot of these kids movies based on source media uh, source material well you know you you would think that
1: Sean you you most certainly would think that and in a different world in a different scenario in an alternate universe you would probably be correct uh, the Boss Baby's... Central thesis, I guess, is when you are an older sibling, it is difficult when a new baby comes around because you're not, you know, the boss anymore. Like, now there's another child stealing uh, affection, which the movie obviously does deal with that uh, (laughs) in a really, like stupid way too, like the the titular boss baby actually like sits down with this uh this row of beads and it's just like look you got all of the affection and there's like a row of beads to the left and then he's like and then i came along because i'm alec baldwin but a baby and now i get the affection he like takes the beads so it, it spells that uh, out is pretty this clearly. like an
2: atticus situation
1: yeah one of those yeah uh so it, it's like that that is that is the the core of the movie to an extent, and that is also the core of the picture book, so far as I know, which is fine because obviously the lesson learned is, hey kid, your parents still fucking love you, just just deal with it. Unfortunately, in the Boss Baby, a lot of this is never really resolved or dealt with because this movie is totally like completely batshit off the rails, stupid, um, and it does yeah. get dull. But for the wrong reasons, and I know a lot of people are like, "Well, Steve, you are a grown adult who went to the theater by himself and sat in a in a crowded room full of children. Um, maybe this isn't for you." And I would say you are correct. And I did want to choke a kid or two. Let's be honest, uh, because I don't know if you know this. Like when kids get bored, they don't fall asleep or anything. They're just like, "Fuck it, let's let's wreck
0: this bitch," and they just start running around and they're just nuts. Oh. Man, I tell you, I had one kid sitting in front of me who would just yell whenever he got bored. He was either bored or he had some sort
2: of Tourette's. Well, <laughs> see, the thing about uh, thing about kids is that they're kind of the boss. Yeah, I guess you know. Baby. Now that I think about it, yeah, baby. So boy, you're saying the they. metaphor, that central metaphor, that uh, the baby runs the show and the parents are. Sort of at the will of the baby. That's not exactly played up very well in this movie.
0: No. Here's okay. No. Here's the thing. From my research, the picture book does not feature an older brother. It's just the baby is new, and it's explaining the woes of parenthood. And the baby is basically the boss. In this film, there's an older brother. I believe he's mentioned to be seven and a half. Uh oh. oh by the way, the film is narrated by the older brother as an adult, and he's played by Toby McGuire.
2: Toby, Toby- McGuire's. Yeah.
0: And so he's he's basically happy because he gets all of his parents' love and affection. And when he grows up and they die, I'm pretty sure he'd think he'd they get he get all of their money. And then the boss baby comes along and wrecks that, as Steve mentioned. Now, Steve, the let's talk about the appearance of the boss baby, shall we?
1: Okay, yeah, this well, I, it I, I, makes I no fucking
0: it. sense.
2: No. I predict that the older brother, like, the the baby shows up and the older brother sort of, like, you know, they can communicate uh, immediately and he sort of is like, hey, look, here, I'm going to show you the cider house rules. Um, <laughs> this is, okay, so, obviously, again, like, there,
1: there's leaps of logic that need to be taken and and I'm willing to take them. That's fine. You know, when I sit sure. down with Toy Story, Toy Story says, hey... When you're not around your toys, they come to life and talk. And I go, you know, in reality, I know that to not be true. However, thank you, movie. I, I will now accept your reality that you've <laughs> created, and I will move right. forward. Yeah. The Boss Baby yeah. does not do that for me. Um, the Boss Baby, because you can, you can do whatever the fuck you want in a movie, but establish like some rules <laughs> and some in-movie logic. <laughs> that follows those rules. Boss oh, Baby doesn't house. do that. Yeah. It's, it's all, this is like the weird, like surreal Lynchian property to it where it's just like dream logic, <laughs> like nothing makes sense. So in, because, you know, it's a poorly written movie, to- the whole Toby Maguire narrating it thing too, by the way, almost no point at all. Like th- this yeah. movie is fine. If 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 there's a Toby Maguire free cut of this movie, it's still the exact same fucking thing. Um, but basically they, they do my favorite thing in the whole wide world. Just kidding. Where they spend the first like 10 minutes of the movie, just like here is exposition and they try to explain what's going on. And Mm -hmm. so one of my big questions going into the boss baby was, is this a very smart bossy baby or is this a tiny man pretending to be a baby? And that cool. seems like a like a pretty easy question to answer. Are you a tiny man? Are you an actual baby? The reality is, in the Boss Baby, it's not quite so clear. So, uh, spoiler alert for anyone who's still <laughs> planning to see the Boss Baby: uh, we, we we they basically open with like this this like heaven like factory, this baby mill. Where, yeah, there's some baby, sort of
2: tickle test or something?
1: Yes. Exactly. We, yeah, we'll get to that too. This, this is Baby core. Yeah, Baby core. So the baby, this is the corporation in heaven where babies are made. And uh so the babies are coming down a conveyor belt, and there's a lot of, like, butthole jokes in the first, like, three minutes, which is kind of <laughs> weird. Um, yeah. It's just tons of butthole jokes. And mm. so when you get down to the Very end of the baby Winston. assembly line, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, you you get this little tickle test, and they they tickle you with a feather. If if you are a baby and you giggle, then you go to your then you go to parents. If you do not giggle, then they put you into management, because the the baby factory is run by a series of boss babies that hmm, do not. That laugh. sounds
2: ableist to me.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly. It's like oh, you laugh. Well, you'll never be management. Um, and so these babies go to this, this management area where they presumably run the baby factory, and then instead of allowing them to grow into adults, they are, for reasons which are not explained, given magical milk or formula, which allows them to grow their intellects at a hyper-fast rate while remaining babies. And that's how you make
2: a boss baby. So it's like, so it's like Jack. It's
1: I would say it's more. It's kind of Peter Pan esque, except like mentally they it's like develop. Jack reverse. Yeah, it's a reverse Jack with <laughs> some
0: <laughs>
1: with, with some Peter Pan and a, and a you know a sprinkling of the old Benjamin Button.
0: Yeah, but like the the baby's mind grows. Yeah, but not but their body. Beast. But he keeps a baby body, but but it's also like his he's instant like when he gets the management position he's like immediately smart like Alec Baldwin. It's yeah. not like he spends thirty years or so up there, yeah, or however old, old Alec Baldwin is. I don't know. Mm-hmm.
1: So this baby <laughs> is basically created smart and. Exactly, it's kind of odd because it's like, okay, well, in this baby factory, why why not create specifically smart babies? Like, it's just random that you happen to get a management baby instead. This is all not explained, but again, it's like, okay, this is weird, but let's go with it. And then it gets more confusing because I'm assuming that in this world. Babies are made in a factory and then delivered to their parents via taxi. That That is that is what we are okay. led to believe. Let's let's talk about that for a second. <laughs> yeah, explain this to me because okay. this is where it gets weird and I get lost in, like, the point of view of the movie. Like, is this from the kids, the older brother's standpoint or what the fuck is going on? Okay, so
0: can't the, yeah, the, the, text. <laughs> the older brother is going to sleep and uh, his parents ask, Honey, how would you like a baby brother? And he says, No, I'm good. And the parents kind of look down at the mother's pregnant belly and they smile because too late. He's going to get a brother. But then there's this whole baby made in heaven sequence. And then when the older brother wakes up, he sees a taxi cab pull up to the house. And when he goes downstairs, uh, the parents are picking up this baby wearing a suit and a briefcase. And you're like, what? Yeah, what? Which is and not, he not even, really addressed. He even like he even points out. This baby is wearing a suit and has a briefcase, and his parents are like, "Oh, I know, isn't it cute?" Yeah. What? It's ridiculous,
1: like absolutely ridiculous, and it, it and it's, so it's just like, like
0: yeah, it,
2: it's like a uh, uh, baby walk with me. Yeah,
0: more, there you go. <laughs> exactly. the The man from the other place, the little guy in the red suit, is basically the boss baby in this movie. That's that's exactly <laughs> it's what like this a, is. Both.
2: I, I don't Yeah, no, this is directed by uh Tom McGrath, uh director of The Singer of Sugar Ray? Uh, oh that's Mark. <laughs> no 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 not that one. Uh Tom McGrath, director of the esteemed Madagascar series of, he's basically a, a DreamWorks uh um DreamWorks hired hand or on retainer, but uh I mean the first the first Madagascar is fine, you know. If you don't end up watching it like one million times because you're a social worker like I did, but uh, <laughs> but I remember seeing the third one in 3D again because I was a social worker at the time, uh, accompanying a gaggle of kids at the cinema. And no, no disrespect to my good friend Craig, who uh, used to work for uh, DreamWorks and actually worked on. Wait, is the uh, Boss right, guess, Baby Part his 3? fault? Is, huh? is is the boss baby
1: Craig's fault? Can we can we call him out
2: on this? No, no, no. I uh no, he's he. Uh, I believe trolls was the last film he worked on, but um, okay. I, I think he's a listener, um, or at least he told me. And I guess we'll find out. Well, if uh, The proof is in the pudding. But um, uh, no, no disrespect to, to him or, or the work that he did on Madagascar 3D, but uh, at DreamWorks Animation, but that film, watching that film. In the theater with 3D glasses on was like if you had to drive home, but you were drunk and had kaleidoscopes fastened to your eyes. (laughs) That
1: sounds it it was wonderful. (laughs)
2: Um, I I don't know exactly how to where where to take that as far as like you know I'm I'm sure he doesn't exactly have a stamp on Boss Baby, but uh, he's no Brad Bird, is I guess what I'm saying. That's fair.
0: Yeah, it seems more like a studio hire than uh than an actual tour, as they say.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's so- no Shrek director. I don't know who did that. Shrekter? So the Schrechter. only
1: <laughs> back back to the boss baby here. We so okay. we are, we are led to believe that there are management boss babies. And then there are other boss baby or not non boss babies that are just sent to families. And the boss baby is sent down as like a, a sleeper cell agent for the uh, for the baby <laughs> core so that he can he can take care of some business down down on Earth, which is fine. And then we find out
2: that actually all babies are intelligent. Is this correct, Jake? This sounds like a yeah, this sounds like an Andrew Nichol movie. This is this, <laughs> this. whole thing is just fucked So we establish well in the first 10 minutes That you're either a
1: smart baby or a normal baby And then 10 minutes after that They go mm-hmm. actually just kidding All babies are smart until they stop Using their magical pacifier Which is also a thing In addition to the magical formula Which keeps boss babies From growing up
2: Is this true to the source material?
1: <laughs> I don't know is the source material a, a fucking bag of mushrooms and a joint? Like, this it's is ridiculous. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is, you know what this is? This is, uh, this is that Cats and Dogs movie where you think your animals Ooh. and your pets are are basically harmless living creatures, but it turns out they're all secret agents warring against each other.
2: That's what this yeah. movie
0: is. It's yeah.
2: fucking I had a ton bunkers. of temporary tattoos uh, from that movie. Also, coincidentally, <laughs> starring Alec Baldwin. Yeah. Yeah. This is yeah.
0: Baldwin's fault. God damn it. So as as you can see, the, the, the little
1: wrinkles in the logic of the boss baby continue to stack up.
2: Wait, and isn't it, there something about puppies that you guys haven't mentioned oh, yet? We'll get into okay. the puppies. So the parents
1: yeah. work at puppy core, which <laughs> I am pretty sure is just a puppy mill. Like it's <laughs> it's presented as like Petco, but like what if Petco was a puppy mill? And yeah. keep
2: in mind, too, that like where the puppies go
1: in a smarter movie that that wanted to, like, kind of wink and nudge at adults or maybe, you know, be like, hey, kids, here's something you can actually think about. Sort of like Zootopia. Um, they would have interrogated these ideas of, like, these giant corporations that, like, hold so much power. But the boss baby does not do that. So this is this is not a Zootopia situation. Uh, but, yeah, Jake. Right. They, they work at a puppy mill.
0: So yeah, they work at a puppy mill, and the uh, new they are in the marketing department, and they're taking on this new product by uh, business magnate played by Steve Buscemi, um, who has this invention called Trees Fore- Lounge. Yes, who has this invention called uh, Forever Puppies? Because uh, research shows that up in Baby Corp, uh, puppies are cuter than babies, and they have to uh, divert these numbers the other direction. And it turns out Steve Buscemi used to be the head of Baby Corp, but he was sent down to Earth and grew up, but he retained his magical binky. And so he's trying to get a hold of Alec Baldwin's baby juice so that he can put it in his puppy formula and make puppies, puppies forever. Yep. And that's the plot of the movie is to get rid of babies and to instill puppies in every household. Yeah. So this then- movie not only posits that, you know, having a younger brother sucks, but it also posits that puppies are evil. Mm-hmm. That's that's
1: kind of the central thesis. And the other thing is, is at some point, the younger uh, or the, the the older brother and the boss baby, they they kind of come to terms on things, they come to an agreement. And they're like, okay, we're gonna team up and we're gonna stop puppies. We're gonna stop them. But there's there's no like logic or reason or or even a plan. Their plan is we're gonna go there and stop it. Like there's no it's never explained oh we have to do this thing and once we do the thing then it'll be okay like
2: it, right. it, they're
1: just kind of there like well we're just gonna fuck around for a while let's see if we can figure it out at some point they're like oh we just need to find you know the secret plans for the secret forever puppy or whatever or whatever this new puppy is and then they they go to get them and you know the plans are explained but then there's no there's they're like now we have to really stop it but w- what the fuck are you gonna do you're a seven year old and a child and a little fucking infant in a goddamn suit, and this is never ever explained. And even when they get to the end where they confront this evil uh, puppy core former boss baby current puppy magnate guy, and they have this big finale where they fight him and everything, it is never explained how or why or, or so, anything like why okay. what the fuck they're even doing.
2: This, this uh, I guess, makes me think of a broader question. Um, as far as, like, kids' movies or, or like, family films, um, a lot of times they have these leaps in logic because, um, because kids don't care about that, you know, or they're not attentive to it or, or whatnot. Do you think that there is... <clears throat> do either of you think that there is... Uh, it's worthwhile to have those... Um, leaps in logic filled with with you know very like a leads to b leads to c type of pragmatic uh plotting and and why yeah well i i want to make it abundantly clear
1: um one uh, you know people are people say, you know oh steve you're just you're just being too hard on a kid's movie and blah 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 no no, no. that's that's not that's not what this is like th- right. I, there are plenty of kids movies that i really like um I mentioned before, like, you know, Toy Story, the movie about toys that come to life and talk. Like, that's fine. Take that leap of logic. All I'm asking for is, like, coherent plotting and just work within the confines of the rules that you establish in your fantasy world. That's it. And which this, is what, this movie which is suffers what,
2: because... Which is what Toy Story does perfectly. Yeah, oh, no, it
1: does it, like, does it absolutely exactly. perfectly. And I would say basically every Disney slash... Um, uh, Pixar movie does that very well um, it, a movie like the boss baby especially because let's face it, it it is made for kids it could really benefit from some coherent <laughs> plotting because I could tell you just globally from my experience in the theater the kids were not having it after like 20 minutes they're like actually fuck this um, I also uh, I, I, I talk I, I have a few friends with children who I have spoken to about this movie and across the board it was my children are very excited for the boss baby to Yeah, we saw the boss baby and so and so thought it was shit. Like the the kids the kids don't even fucking like it. They're bored
2: by yeah, what, it. What what age group was at your theater?
1: Uh it was it was like from I still shit myself to like I, I <laughs> can wipe my own butt. Like that that was just you know, the full range. <laughs> so it's like three to six or something. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I would say yeah, three to three to eight.
0: Basically, okay. Yeah, my theater was jam packed with children for those, and I just I had my went to a reserve seating theater in 3D because it was the only time playing that I could see it in, <laughs> and I, I had one seat in the back row amongst all these children, and it <laughs> felt weird. Let me tell you, and the movie did not help its case at all. This huh. movie is fucking ridiculous.
1: I was pissed because I went to the theater where uh, after seven forty five. Uh, the rules of the theater state that you have oh, to be 21. God. You have to be 21 to go into a movie oh. that starts after is like this the IP. yeah, yeah. Um, and lo and behold, I'm in a theater full of parents who did not who did not follow the rules.
0: No rules were followed here. This is a lawless wasteland of screaming children. So, Steve, is there anything you enjoyed about Boss Baby? Um, a couple of There's- things. So here's one, one one moment I came really close to laughing. I la- I laughed at. <laughs> oh God! Okay,
1: so here's where this movie goes. <laughs> at some point, they go to uh, they they have to go to Vegas because to,
0: there's a pet convention, and this is all part of the harebrained scheme yeah, to stop puppies. And there's all these- where, uh, that's where that's where Buscemi's gonna. Unleash his product, which he's going to launch a rocket full of puppies, I guess. Yeah, which will then descend to the
1: Earth via uh, um, parachutes, which I I gotta say, if the parents are in marketing, that's a fine stunt, but I I don't know if you're going to really... That's going to cut into your bottom line a little bit. But anyways, uh, while they were at the airport trying to figure out how to get on an airplane to go to Las Vegas, there's a bunch of Elvis impersonators, and... They, like, beat the shit out of one of them in a bathroom and, like, take his clothes. And they do the thing where, like, you know, in a cartoon where the, the, the little guy sits on top of the shoulders, the bigger guy, and they're wearing, like, an Elvis suit. And it's clearly just, like, melting off of them. And then they're just, like, mumbling incoherently, just like, <laughs> like, if somebody hits you in the head with a sledgehammer and then told you to do an Elvis impersonation. And I chuckled at that. So that, that is when I laughed. <laughs> and that was it. Uh other than Are you that, sure you weren't watching Rockadoodle. Doodle? I mean, maybe I, I would have preferred to watch Rocka That's uh is that that's like a Don Bluth movie. Come on, Quite possible. Uh, yeah. The other yep. thing that I enjoyed is like the the moment to moment Boss Baby look is it's just DreamWorks animation, like it's every kid CGI movie you've ever seen. Um, but I kind of mentioned before that. This movie has, like, these fantasy sequences within their own kind of weird fantasy alternate universe. And a lot of times, yeah. the fantasy sequences take on, like, alternate aesthetics from the rest of the movie. And that stuff looked really cool. Like, there's two or three scenes in particular. There's, like, one on, like, a pirate ship thing. Uh, and and they, they look really, really, really cool. Um, but so those are even, tiny little.
2: Even even though this is entirely uh, animated, um, how does it stack up against Nine Lives? Well, it's better than that. So i got that going for it. Well, you got, well, we didn't get to um, – you guys said that there are a lot of like odd jokes. Oh, we'll, we'll uh, get into those too. Jake,
1: what did you laugh at? What, what was the part that you laughed
0: at? Here, here's the closest I came and It's a really weird thing to consider funny, but the, the fact that they even put this in a children's film – I admired it more than I thought it was actually funny, but basically the um, the the older brother gets grounded grounded for some reason I forgot why but they need to you know stop the puppy guy so he decides to be on his best behavior with with his baby brother and so they're playing around the house and at one point uh, Alec Baldwin baby is naked and the brothers trying to put the sailor outfit on and Alec Baldwin's running around. But there's, they put, like, this pixelation sensor bar over his dick, which oh, yeah. was the strangest thing to see. You know? Yeah, I laughed at that, too, because I was just like, what the fuck? That was, I, was like, I was, like, I was almost on the movie side when I saw that. I was like,
2: <laughs> that is brilliant. That's, That's so bizarre. really weird.
0: So yeah. bizarre. It really is. But that was, like, because, you know, I, I, otherwise, you know. It, you could like just simply not animate it like oh he's a baby whatever but like the fact that they put a full-on like news censor bar over it was the, the weirdest thing i've seen in a movie all year yeah <laughs> so sean you you mentioned because we, we had kind of dropped
1: this hint on you that there's some weird sex stuff in this uh <laughs> there's a couple oh, of God. jokes where the it's... pacifier scene okay so there's yeah, this i want
2: to know how bizarre the film gets
1: uh, it's it's even more bizarre than the OMC song. Let me tell you. Um, how bizarre? Let me let me paint you a picture of this bizarre boss baby moment. Uh, I'm scared. I'm sc- I'm a little nervous. So the boss baby, through the power of exposition, is trying to explain how baby core works. Okay, so he's doing that, and he's like, "No, I need to show you." So he busts out an extra pacifier. He's like, "We're going to use this," and then the kid's like no i don't want to suck on a pacifier oh that's gross <laughs> oh, and no. so the boss baby is just like god damn it suck on this and i'll show you where babies come from well, he doesn't say god damn it that was a <laughs> little but he he does say <laughs> suck on this and i will show you where babies
0: come from
1: in a very very oh very sexual weird yeah, first,
0: way first he just holds it up and says suck it and the brother says what no and then uh baldwin says suck it and i'll show you where babies come
2: from uh, yeah what, and it, i was just was like, like sort of like a weird to see in a family like a, a oh yeah full. It, it
1: was and it, it flew over the heads of the kids obviously and, sure. and that's yeah and, yeah, and but, these things like you know there's there's always in all these kids movies because they know the parents are going yeah. so there's always like the <laughs> wink wink nudge nudge. this is a joke for the adults and that was just like that's, oh you made yeah, like a, a a rape joke or something here what the fuck is this boss baby
2: yeah that that's become I hate like uh that's that that sort of like discourse has become like how adults gauge the worth of a kids film is like how much it it uh um is targeted towards them as an adult yeah which is or, fucking Or at least stupid. like outright like not in terms of like the plot ma- machinations but just like jokes that are nods <clears throat> yeah And I mean if if you're going to do
1: like an adult and insert heavy finger quotes here Joke, maybe don't do like the child oral sex joke in your kids' movie. Right. I, it's you know, yeah. I don't know. It
0: was weird. Is it was he, really uncomfortable. There's even a sorry. There's there's even like this weird anal sex joke when he's in the baby corp factory being made because he's on an assembly line, and he gets uh. Do you remember this? He gets oh, yeah. he gets like flipped around. And he looks ahead of the assembly line, and he sees all these babies are getting pacifiers in their mouths because they're lying on their back. But he's lying on his belly, and he looks back at his ass, and then so he quickly flips over to get the pacifier in his mouth. Mm-hmm. This movie's fucking weird. It's real fucking weird, man. It's there's
2: there's yeah. a
1: lot of butt so, stuff. Uh, in this
2: movie. <laughs> what would have been like uh, like the elevator pitch for like the better version of this? Like I, I imagine like. Uh, like something stupid, like where the kids are the corporate like overlords and the parents are like actually like sort of taking the metaphor to its logical extreme, and the the parents are like their employees or something.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I think like there a better version of this movie would exist in a world where, like, just the plot is is trimmed down, or even in the exposition, they're like, okay, n- not so many wrinkles here, guys. Like. There's smart babies. There's not smart babies. Instead of, you know, none of this pacifier nonsense. That's totally useless. None of this Toby Maguire, like, rehashing this shit as an adult. Just it, all these things. And And then they would have to, like, send the boss baby down as a baby. And he would have to, like, act like a baby and look like a baby, which he doesn't do particularly well. Uh, and then and then get into the suit, but the whole thing where it's just like this: there's these warring corporations and puppies and babies, and and some babies are smart and some are dumb and some are smart and dumb, and it's just like fuck, man. Just God, make this simple, simplify it. There's no elevator pitch to explain what the fuck the Boss
0: Baby is about. It
1: doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah.
0: just make it simple. Make it. I don't know. Coherent. This film yeah. is borderline incomprehensible
1: it, it really interesting is. it's yeah it's so dense in all the wrong ways it's just like there's there's so much packed into this movie for no reason at all it felt like it was like four hours long too if i'm in it that's the other thing if i'm in like a, a kid's movie and i'm looking at my fucking watch like i wear a watch i don't yeah, know if i'm looking long, at my it's phone, kind of
2: long for a kid's movie it's like uh it's like 97 minutes which like you know isn't long but usually it's closer to like like you know, 89 minutes.
1: I don't know. Yeah. It's, it it felt very long, very, very long. I I don't know. All right. (laughs) Well, we've probably exhausted this. I'd say so. We've exhausted the boss baby. So spoiler alert, if you're over the age of nine, don't see this movie. And if you're under the age of nine, um, write me a letter with your best crayons and explain to me what the fuck this is actually about because (laughs) I haven't figured it out yet. Also, why are you listening to this? God, your parents are terrible. Don't allow me around children. Um, so we were kind of talking about before, too, uh, off air, that this was not a good experience. And I can only imagine, like, as a parent, like, the, the kind of shit that you have to take a kid to. But I was also thinking, like, as a kid, because as I said, like, the, the word from small children is this movie is dog shit. So we were like, okay, when was, when, when you were a kid, when was the first time you were like, Oh man, that was shitty. Like you, the moment where you're like, oh, I can have taste. Not every single movie is the best thing in the world. Like there are things that are genuinely bad, and I can have opinions about them. So, mm-hmm. Sean, do you want to do you want to start us off here? Do you have a, like a moment where yeah? You, you yeah. Realize First of that? all,
2: I just wanted to say I really appreciated that segue. Um, no, yeah, that was but, smoothly done. Hey, you know. Um, yeah, I have, I have a couple. I have a couple instances. One. um... One is like sort of a, a, a pseudo uh, version of this and one it, it, I think is probably the most legitimate answer because it's hard like I know like the thing is like what do you remember? Like, so it's all, like, there. You just sure. have to pick which one you remember. You're Like, it might not be the first instance, but it's what you remember. But it's still a little, like, foggy when you get, uh, you know, to, mm-hmm. to our age, as you know, Steve.
0: And and it's also not like <laughs> if you revisit a film you saw as a child and you think it's bad now, but you loved it then. It right. doesn't count. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. Cause Cause there's really, plenty of those. What you retain a lot of the time from watching as a kid is just, like, all the movies that are great. You know, like, the cop and a halves. Um <laughs> It's so i um I, I have two things one was an earlier one and um uh this was uh i went to the theaters with uh, my good friend um and his i think like his brother or something like that in nineteen ninety three to see beethoven's second oof uh oh. starring charles Grodin um and bonnie hunt shout but, out um, shout out to the Grodes. yeah um you know i i, I don't remember the last time I, like, revisited this or whatever, but I would just for the sake of Charles Grodin because he's amazing. But um, I, I this is why I think that this is sort of like a weird pick like that I'm not sure of is because I had a unique um, experience at this, uh, this showing, which was that, you know, I was nine years – or not – I was eight years old. And um, so I was pretty young and got dropped off and it was probably like maybe the first time I had gotten like dropped off at a movie as as opposed to like seeing it with my parents. Mm-hmm. And um, I uh, remember me and my friends the whole time looking back at the row behind us and snickering because there were like these mid- – there were these two couples of middle school um, – two middle school couples and they were just under their coats making out the entire movie. Um, like they had just like, you know, gone through this scheme of, of asking their parents to take them to this movie and, and had met up with these girls and, um, just were sort of like, yeah, we did it and just made out the whole time. And we thought it was the funniest thing ever at eight years old. But I, I, I remember also not like really thinking I missed much from Beethoven's second. That's probably fair. I, I guess I could go back and 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 really see if how uh, how correct I was, but um, but a more so that that's a little weird, a little foggy. It's not the most clear as far as just like the content of the movie is is involved, but um, the one that I can think of that was very clear. Um, I think I might have talked a little bit about this on the uh sharking the jump with jake on will smith um and that was uh wild wild west Ooh, that's a fun one yeah <laughs> yeah starring uh will smith of course um yeah and so this is in 1999 so six years later so i, I was 14 years old um but i i, I was in high school and i i think or eighth grade or something but um remember i i Went with like some friends, but it was it was you know in high school especially at least for me it was like sort of a weird like you have like a a good friend or two, but then you are sort of like figuring out cl- like clicks are sort of being like divided into different contingencies, and you are sort of like walking in different camps and you are uncomfortable the whole time. And high school is just terrible. Um, but <laughs> you working on some issues right I now. Remember- so yeah it was one of those weird things where it's like i got invited to hang out with some kids at the movies and one of them was like this this cute uh that she was sort of like the um this girl that was sort of the you know the hot stuff of the class um you went to a small school with like 12 people in it though right Oh yeah yeah, very, very tiny graduating class of sixty uh she was she was our she was like you know uh high school hit, and she was sort of like hot stuff and whatever um turns out after high school she um got almost immediately married and had kids and uh i mean look who's prospering now, you know, I got a podcast so uh, <laughs> um but anyway we we went uh to the theater and um this kid who was a couple or like a grade older than us that was sort of like a bad boy. He was like, guys, you guys should sneak into American Pie. Ooh. And we were like, no. But he like, popped the collar on his leather jacket. <laughs> and so uh we we decided not to. We went into Wild Wild West um because that was a safe choice, and ended up that that was the first movie I ended up walking out of.
0: Oh because wow. Because it was
2: so terrible. Like it was it was just like you knew even at an age where like, one, I didn't know much, like I didn't care that much. I wasn't that discerning about the quality of entertainment I was watching. But uh, two, I was like very emotionally like, um, I guess, uh, uh, interested in, in the social dynamic. Um, but even then, it was just so overwhelmingly bad that it was just like, what is going on in this thing? Like, yeah. I don't know, it just fell so flat. It was like deafening. Um, we're just like, let's leave. I can't, and, yeah, I can't believe uh, you walked out. Yeah. I, oh so
1: you guys walked out as a group. It wasn't like you were sitting next to the hot chick and you stood up and was like, <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> no, yeah, no. Barry Sonnenfeld be- is no Bergman and then you just like <laughs> yeah. freaking left.
2: Yeah, no, that, yeah, that would be weird. I can't take no. We all were like we all kind of looked at each other and was just like, Yeah, let's go. Like it was this unanimous decision um of like four of us to just be like, Yeah, let's get out of here. Huh. Wow. That's
1: yeah, Jesus man. Uh, it's it's funny too that you <laughs> when you brought up uh sneaking into not sneaking into American pie. Um one of the things that I thought of was like there was this idea when I wasn't allowed to see R-rated movies that if I could if I could just sneak into one like R-rated movies not only am I not allowed to see them but they are like inherently better like that was the logic that I had in <laughs> my right. head. Like they're good, that's why they won't let me see them. And Yeah. <laughs> I remember the the first the first R rated movie I ever snuck into was uh the original Deuce Bigelow male gigolo. Um in, in which mm. I sat down about twenty minutes in, I was just like, Oh no, this is really bad. So <laughs> that's great. <laughs> uh w- but anyways when I when I was thinking about this uh, this question, a, a couple things immediately came to mind. Uh the first was uh Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three. So,
2: yes, I I almost said that that's yeah. incredible yeah well because
1: okay so and, and you know sean you and i are about the same age so when we were growing up obviously like ninja turtles were fucking huge and the first teenage Mutant ninja turtles movie is legitimately good and it was good when i was oh, a yeah. kid and it's 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 a little bit darker than most kids movies uh but not in like oh i'm grim it only and does dark stuff yeah uh so it's it's a great movie it's paced well it's fun it's it's legitimately funny the action scenes are cool uh and i feel like watching that movie along with my ninja turtle obsession sort of helped segue me into some of the things that i enjoyed later as as like a person who enjoys films so you know all the all the karate movies that i cut my teeth on as a teenager all the kung fu flicks all that stuff like that's part of that kind of stems from there uh, the second Ninja Turtles movie, I think a lot of people hate the second Ninja Turtles movie. Like, you know, people are like, oh, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a real bad movie. Uh, and it, it's kind of corny, but it's still paced well enough, and it's fine. It's still got the good action sequences. Ninja Turtles 3 mm-hmm. is a fucking abomination. If you yeah. haven't seen it, so, you know, the, the whole concept behind the Ninja Turtles is there are these turtles who live in the sewers of New York, and they're like, you know, giant mutants, and they do kung fu, and they fucking kick bad guys' asses. So for some reason, somebody was just like, hey, instead of, let's put them in a new environment, let's have them time travel to ancient Japan. Also, let's cut the budget down to literally fucking nothing so that the giant rubber turtle suits look like dog shit. They look like fucking Halloween costumes <laughs> that you get at like one of those pop-up stores. Um, there, it, it looks like shit. And then the other thing is, is it kind of follows the trajectory of like the nightmare on Elm street series where Freddy Krueger steadily goes from, this is a scary guy who occasionally makes jokes to this is a guy who makes jokes, but also you should still be scared of him. And this, the whole thing is just like, imagine the worst three stooges bit you can possibly conceive of and then have that run for 90 minutes. It's total dog shit. Yeah. Not watchable.
2: (laughs) My, my experience of that was kind of funny in that, um, I was at a birthday party of uh, this friend and it was it was sort of like a pretty like large birthday party for you know being 8 years old um and uh enough to like have two movies playing like like there was like movie time and they were playing two movies one downstairs one upstairs for different crowds like that's like how big enough of a party it was um and downstairs was jaws and if you were – the logic was if you are scared enough – or if you were too scared for Jaws, then you could stay upstairs and watch TMNT 3. <laughs> that is not a course, fair trade at all. No fan of horror am I. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to risk it. I'm just going to stay upstairs and watch TMNT 3. And I had seen you know, the previous ones and uh, I had enjoyed them. But I was still like – I don't remember having like a very like distinct like, oh, this sucks. But I just remember being like very nonplussed it's It's really bad, it's
1: unbelievably bad. everything about it is fucking dumb, even again by kids' logic standards and and that was really the first time I was like, This is fucking stupid, also it looks like garbage also it's not funny uh mm-hmm. so the other thing I did here was the director of rocket man i did I did not know that, oh my God, well, now my whole worldview has changed. Oh, no. It's kind of like, if you haven't seen this, uh, you know that really shitty Tom Cruise movie, The Last Samurai, where it's just like, oh, white boy Tom Cruise coming Mm -hmm. to save feudal Japan. Uh, It's kind of like that, but with turtles. And even that's overselling it.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Isn't there, like, time warp? Yeah,
1: there's there's time travel, too. There's, like, a fucking, like, egg timer in a a, a stick, and then it makes them time travel because reasons. Uh, Anyways. All right. The other thing I did was I text my dad, and I was like, hey, question. Because my, my dad, you know, he, he took us to a bunch of movies. Like, what is what is the worst thing me or Dave ever made you sit through? Dave is my, my younger brother. And he said uh, the first thing that came to mind was, oh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3 for sure. Like, that was just, like, instantaneous. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I said, okay, good. I was thinking about that one. Is, is there anything else? And he said the only th- the only other thing he could think of was he remembered specifically taking uh, me and my brother and I guess some of our friends to um, Muppet Treasure Island in, like, was it 95, 96? Oh, probably. that's good. And he said – and I don't remember anything about it because I don't think I've seen Muppet Treasure Island since then. But he said that it was so boring that that was, like, the first time <laughs> in his life that he fell asleep in a movie theater And he started snoring, and my brother, who was probably like, I don't know, like six at the time, apparently got really upset with him because he was snoring loudly loudly in the movie theater, and people were like laughing at
2: my dad. (laughs) (laughs) So that that was was a big one. I don't remember a whole lot about that movie, but I, I just remember that there was a couple jokes in it that I thought were just absolutely hysterical, but I don't remember them enough to recall them. But anyway... So yeah, that that was that was my other one, but it's like I, yeah, I like oh I
1: know that I've seen that, but I literally don't remember anything about it. But I just thought it was funny that that moment kind of came back to me. He's like, yeah, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three sucked, but this one was so boring that I literally fell asleep
0: in the fucking theater. <laughs> uh,
1: Jake, how about you? Is like what what sticks out for you specifically?
0: So I thought long and hard about this, and I nailed one that I think fits the bill perfectly, and it actually works in a sort of a tie-in to. The Boss Baby, in that having a bunch of adult humor injected into a children's film. Um, so at the age of 13, uh, Mike Myers was a very impressionable figure in my life. Um, I could quote all the of the Aust-
2: series?
0: Yeah, yeah. I could quote all of the Austin Powers movies backwards and forwards. And then he comes along with The Cat in the Hat. Now, <laughs> I didn't really have an interest in seeing this movie. But uh, I was 13 at the time, and my mom wanted to do something with the family um, because we were freshly divorced. And so um, she took me and my two younger sisters to the theater, and good God, I wanted it to end almost as soon as it began. Um, (laughs) And I, I knew it was not working for me then. I knew if I watched it now, it totally wouldn't work for me. It was my first experience at watching a film that was just a complete and absolute failure on every level. And I could not get up and leave was the biggest problem. I felt like Mike Myers had betrayed me as a person and as a fan. And it, it, the the zany antics and sex jokes that they throw into the cat in the hat are just so and the gaudy visuals are just so repulsive. Whoa. Um
2: I know. Like
0: the, I know. Uh, si- <laughs> I know, Sean. If you're not <laughs> sitting down, get ready to stand up because here I am. Um, no, you, you didn't even
2: hat- like the cinematography by Emmanuel Lubezki of *Children of Men*. <laughs> I know. Listen,
0: I, if maybe if he shot the *Cat in the Hat* in natural light, it would have some merit. With
2: blood with blood spurts on the on the camera. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But The Cat in the Hat is just such a
0: disaster, and it's remembered as such. And, I mean, who knew that Mike Myers would still go on to probably, make probably the worst film of his career with The Love Guru after this. But, yeah, <laughs> I got to I gotta give it to The Cat in the Hat for making me, for once in my life, not believe in movies. For the <laughs> or first Mike time. Myers. Is The
2: Love Guru worse than gold member?
0: Yeah, I'd say so.
2: I've never seen the no, Love Guru. Are we I mean. going
1: to do a "You Ain't Seen Nothing Yet" episode on the Love Guru, or what?
0: <laughs> <laughs> that, or like, a, or like, a I've always heard series where you've always heard about the bad reputation of a film, but you never sat down to watch it for yourself. And so one day we all sit around and watch the Love Guru to see how bad it really is.
2: And then oh, we no, all I sit see. around and watch Taking Lives. You know,
0: I I've got. I know who killed.
1: My my idea for an for an optimism vaccine podcast is this, uh, and I I think I almost pulled it off. Except I, I did the thing that you know all, all evil villains do that they should never do, where I revealed my plot in front of uh, the the hero. I, I want to set up a podcast where we just force Myros to watch like ten really terrible things that he would never watch otherwise, and then we just go into the podcast. And we don't discuss any of them. <laughs> so basically like I, I wanted him for this podcast i wanted him to watch the boss baby but then also watch like look who's talking to and, talking. and yeah. fucking baby geniuses <laughs> and all this other shit and then just drive the podcast completely away from those those topics and then just end it before he has a chance to talk about them
2: <laughs> uh, i wish you wouldn't have said yeah, that it's on good to wa-
1: sit through sitting tango yeah yeah <laughs> that's, that's good <laughs> it's like yeah we want you to watch uh yeah satan tango what's the other one that he did? All- uh, the same uh, direction. I was going to say all three ninjas oh yeah yeah Myros watch Satan Tango Workmeister Harmonies and all the three ninja movies and uh <laughs> <laughs> we're going to talk about them and then we'll just talk about something else comp- completely <laughs>
2: uh, yeah
1: <laughs> see now and then this is going to this is going to be like there's going to be a backlash to this where we're actually going to have a podcast where we need him to watch some terrible shit and he's just not going to do it because he's going to think this is all part of the plot oh god Optimism <laughs> Vaccine's falling apart uh, you ruined it Jesus yeah man what else what else do we have on the docket today? didn't you guys want to talk about like a, your I, your theater going rituals too didn't you like when, when you go to the movies like what like what you do in terms of like your snack habits is that is that right I yeah, saw a footnote right. about this except I passed out on the couch for three hours and then woke up in a daze so yeah <laughs> Uh well it, it's interesting that you that you brought that up because I was thinking about it it's like I don't really have any like I generally don't get food when I go to the theater because I'm a tightwad curmudgeon and I'm just like oh, I got to pay $5 for fucking soda. Uh but Except I, didn't you say you were like the only drunk person at, at Boss Baby? Yeah cuz you you get drunk and then you go to the theater. You don't get drunk at the theater, Jesus Christ. That, no, that's a sure. fool's errand. Are you kidding me?
2: Fucking You're still metabolizing.
1: Yeah. Uh and and the thing is too when you go to the IPIC, there's like there's plenty of bars like in the in the general vicinity. Oh, yeah. I, I think that's true unless unless you're going to the the mall like the this is some in, real inside baseball for Milwaukee people. <laughs> unless you go to the this AMC theater at the mall. <laughs> but yeah, most of the theaters in Milwaukee that I go to there's there's places to drink beforehand that are in relative proximity. But anyway, uh the the one thing that kills me is at the pick, when, when you get your, like, there's reserve seating and everything, and then you get a free popcorn when you buy your ticket, which is great, except a soda, like, a small soda is literally, like, $7. So you just, you get this delicious popcorn for free, and you're like, well, I wouldn't buy this, but it's free, so, and then you just, like, you know, cram it down your throat, and then you're like, great, my tongue is just, like, a, a fucking salt mine, like, I need I need to buy a right. drink. And that's where they get you. That's where they get you, Sean. So you don't do snacks all right no unless unless I yeah I get drunk beforehand if the movie calls for it and uh, sometimes I'll like you know smuggle in a cheeseburger or some gummy bears in my pants you know depending
2: I remember um, I remember trying to sneak booze into uh, uh, the a uh, the theater uh, previously known as the rave in downtown Kalamazoo me and my friend tried to sneak um, a f- uh, a flask into uh, never back down and um it ended up leaking all over my pants it was like a cheap flask <laughs> no. so it looks like you pissed and so yourself I, and you smelled like whiskey that's good oh yeah exactly i smelled like whiskey and it was terrible we ended up like i found out cuz we walked there um and ended up like going into an alley and just like guzzling it so that i wouldn't continue leaking down my pants but it was yeah it was terrible i'm gonna um, gonna take
1: those last couple lines and isolate them without any context and then just use them for future shows (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i'd like to think that this that you in the alley this involved you going into the alley with your friend removing your pants and then wringing the whiskey (laughs) out of them into his mouth
2: (laughs) and then being like sorry I I, I also pissed in that um but uh um you're not a popcorn guy unless it's free is that what you're saying that's i mean yeah like i like popcorn i just
1: don't like spending money on popcorn like I it's i i can't i can't do it like i'm never opposed to it so it's just like hey you want to get some popcorn up you know and i'll be like all right yeah let's put some popcorn whatever fuck it let's do it but I'm never, i am sure. never i rarely ever just like go for it and i like popcorn it's fine mm-hmm. when i when i was younger I, yeah. what i used to do was um so I, I owned a pair of uh, cargo pants, as as people often did in the year of our Lord 2001, and <laughs> what I would do is there was this uh, regional burger chain, which I believe as of this year no longer exists, like the last one closed, but it was called Hot and Now, and at Hot and oh, Now... Yeah. You could they get... They all
2: turn into, like, coffee kiosks.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's it's fucking depressing. There used to be one in uh, Kalamazoo. They turned into, like, a rallies. But anyways, Hot Now, it gets a lot of shit. Like, it's... A lot of times you'll read, like, the worst fast food ever list, and people are like, oh, Hot Now sucks. Fuck the haters. Hot Now is great, okay? And the, one of the reasons why they're great is not only is the food pretty damn good, but it was cheap as hell. Like, imagine White Castle prices, but normal size human food, not little baby food like, you know, White Castle. So... You could get a thing called a family pack, and it was like 12 bucks, and you got 10 burgers and five fries, which is an obscene amount of food. Obscene. For a very, very low price. So what we would do is we would get a family pack, and then I would just shove all the family pack into my pants. And then I would just roll in smelling like hot grease and and French fries, (laughs) and then I would pull burgers out of my pants.
2: I always hated that when somebody, obviously, like, I remember going to, like, a midnight showing, it was probably, like, X-Men or Lord of the Rings or something like that, and somebody had Taco Bell, and it was always like, you, you know you're smelling up the entire theater. Also, also, yeah, I am not opposed
1: to smuggling in food, however, sure. there's there's some decorum. One, if you are over the age of, like, 18, like, once you hit adulthood, you cannot put cheeseburgers in your pants anymore. At least bring someone with a purse or a bag. Uh, two, man, two. And this is very important. If you're smuggling in alcohol for the love of God, stick to wine or liquor. Okay. Because there's nothing more embarrassing than like
2: like vodka.
1: Yeah. But, but like the, the sound
2: of someone cracking open a can of beer in a movie theater. It's just like, (laughs) fuck you.
1: You're not even trying.
2: I, I went to, um, another midnight showing. It was like twilight. I went to, I think it was the first one. And, um, I remember, like, some dude I I had, uh, like, he was my acquaintance, but I didn't go there with him. But I remember leaving the theater after it was over and seeing him walking away from his chair. And under his chair was an empty 12-pack of Bud Light, (laughs) like cans. It's like, how did you get away with
1: cracking up? Yeah, charts? how did you do that? Like, you just you just put it down the front of your pants. You're like, hey, it's me, guy with yeah. a big
2: square dick. Like, what? How does that even work? <laughs> yeah, I believe he had a huge coat on. but um, And there was just, <laughs> like, a huge worse. amount of people. So, like, you could just sort of, like, go up, like, you know, s- scrunch next to people and hide. But anyway, all this hot now talk makes me wish that Doughboys could talk uh, hot now. But I, I don't God. think that's in the cards.
1: I, I, I'm, yeah. like, legitimately upset because I figured... Because as of, like, a couple years ago, there were still a few Hot Now's left. And one of the last ones used to be in my hometown. Like, it was literally one of the last three or four in the fucking world. Uh, and then they turned it into a rallies or a Checkers. It's the same thing, but whatever. Uh, right. They turned it into that, like, fuck, like, maybe it was four years ago, three years ago, five years ago. I don't know. A while ago. But it was super depressing because... I don't know it's it, it's such a unique weird place too because there's signature thing so like uh, obviously every fast food place has their signature item it's the big mac it's the whopper at hot now the signature item was the fucking olive burger which was just like a double <laughs> oh. cheeseburger with canned green olives like smashed on top of it <laughs> Oh, that is repulsive it's It's so <laughs> fucked up. it's so fucked up. I mean, and it wasn't bad. It was just like, oh man, you know what this fast food cheeseburger needed this salty, briny shit on top of it like it was just like uh, it was fucking weird but yeah that was that was the thing like the olive burger man uh, <laughs> Jake, how about you do you got do you have, do you have any like go to's or anything that you i mean obviously you're not smuggling in booze but
0: <laughs> so um i it depends if i'm alone i don't get anything and i just i don't bring in anything and i just get like the courtesy cups of water and i just sip on those throughout the movie um but if casey and i go to see a movie then we always get popcorn and we sprinkle a box of bunch of crunch on top of it and make what? a make a real meal out of it which oh is delicious bunch yeah
2: That's
0: some next level shit yeah sprinkle yeah. that on your popcorn kids and have a good no time. no
2: no no No, i will i what oh
0: <laughs> what, what, what what do you got Glennis <laughs> uh,
2: so sophie and, I, sophie and I will almost always get popcorn um and cola sometimes well, so it kind of depends so the theater one theater that we go to that doesn't have an alcoholic um uh option we do they have uh very sophisticated coca cola machines, and I love vanilla coke she likes the lime coke uh I usually you know i do with the lime, and then get some vanilla later. But uh, we almost always do popcorn. But better than your bunch of crunch um, is either M and M's, which M and M's and popcorn is so much. like M and M's on their own aren't really that good. But M and M's and popcorn, wonderful. Yeah. Um, hmm. Also, also raisinets and popcorn. Mm-hmm. Um, but the trick is when you dump it in there like that, it all just seeps to the bottom. You got to do it. You got to do it piecemeal. <laughs> oh
0: words. yeah, no we don't. We don't throw the whole box on. We uh,
1: throw okay. it. We layer it. I, I layer do. It. I do it's like true. the idea true. of of M and M's and popcorn because uh, mostly because they don't. I mean, they don't melt, so you you have a better chance. Because you know you, you always run the risk of if you're dumping yeah. raisinettes in your popcorn. well, you might just bring your hand up with a big you know goopy chocolate mess. But chocolate and popcorn underrated combination. Okay. Oh my god. Like so good. we we had this yeah. this really long streak where. Um, me and a couple people that were in the same grad school program, it was like me and, and Megan and Ethan, we would always go to this cheap Tuesday movie deal that they had. And uh, I, you, I think you got free popcorn Op with that contributors. too. Yeah, OpFat contributors. And you got free popcorn with it. And then Megan had in her freezer like literally a hundred or something like fucking um, Hershey bars, which the Hershey bar, the plain Hershey bar as just a singular item – is a vile, godless abomination? there's no reason Exactly,
2: just like them and them
1: yeah it's it's like it's like would you like walk into uh your fucking kitchen and just like take a handful of sugar and eat it like no, you fucking maniac, you wouldn't do that it's chocolate needs something, so fuck hershey bars, but what what happened was is she had all these Hershey bars, and so we would take them, and then we would eat them with the popcorn and it just like it was fucking oh, yeah. magic, it was so good, and the best part is the reason she had them was because uh there was this thing. I don't know why we did this, but we had to do it where, like, all of the grad students would walk around the dorms at UWM and we would, like, knock on the doors of these people who would, like, hide their bongs and be like, what the fuck do you want? And we would be like, hey, guys, did you know grad school's great? And then give them a chocolate bar. Uh, so Megan just
0: took all the chocolate bars and, and you know, oh, that was yeah, it. yeah, yeah. So it's a whole uh, racket. I'm going to... Real quick, Sean, I'm gonna throw an unpopular opinion your way. I think M&Ms are great on their own, and more no. so if if they got peanuts in them.
2: Oh yeah. Oh yeah, peanut peanut M&Ms and peanut butter M&Ms, classics. No argument yeah. here. But anyway, um, I I, I want to say uh, uh, as far as like another wrench in there. Uh, so um, as a as a Michigan resident and uh, frequent of Kalamazoo, Michigan, um, we're in the last days of. Uh, before we have to remember the Alamo, draft house, and <laughs> um, it's leaving. It's basically a shell of itself right now. But uh, that was a, a place where sort of the options are different. Where they have a really good uh, tap list, um, and full full dinner service, whatever, like anything. Um, and every once in a while we would do um, <clears throat> like the hummus plate, which was really good, actually. Um. And, uh, they had some weird stuff that was fine or, and, and some stuff that just sort of missed like, uh, you know, these like Java Porter milkshakes or something with, or they would have like tequila. I don't know. They weren't that great, but the, like that sort of thing that, and, and it seems like this is branching out to other, uh, branches outside of Alamo of doing this sort of like dinner theater type of thing with, with booze and, and food served right to your, your, uh, seat. Um, it's it's like got some real good positives, but uh, you know what will ruin it? When you're trying to sit there watching, like I, th- I think the worst was when we went to see the Big Chill, and there was some family that we literally had to get up and move because they ordered like three like meals, like hot meals, one of which smelled like seven layer dip, if like every single layer was ranch. Oh, <laughs> that's my And, and a rotisserie to... chicken. <laughs> and, like, it was so yeah. disturbing. That Anybody bring fish? Had... To... Yeah, it, I, I, I don't know. That's a good question. They might have gotten, like, a Filet-O-Fish or something or snuck it in through their backpack. Uh, that's what it smelled like. Um, it. We literally had to move seats um, just to get away from this terrible smell. So, I mean, that can really, like, throw you off, like, where – um, it's just like this really weird savory smell that you're not expecting from a movie theater. Yeah. So I I think all in all, like I really like the to be able to have booze or actually like you could get like a nice French press of coffee that was really a nice luxury. But um, but I think I really I I think I might prefer the old Coke and popcorn with a little bit of you know a little bit of Sweet Stone in there.
1: <laughs> it's uh it's funny that you mentioned like some of the disgusting food smells in this new era of oh yeah we're a theater but also you can get like a fucking pizza or whatever uh Mm -hmm. marcus theaters which is the big chain here in in the greater milwaukee area they have (laughs) okay so milwaukee is overflowing with uh like german catholics who like fried food so Oh, no. A big thing in Milwaukee is so, like sauerkraut the, is the Friday fish fry. Okay, that's like Ugh. a thing. Like people love it. Like you, that's what you do. You go out on Friday. You get you get your polka in and you eat your fish fry. Okay, and so Marcus theaters started doing on Fridays fucking fish fries. <laughs> so it's just like man, there's nothing better than walking into a movie theater and getting blasted in the face <laughs> with the smell of
2: of fucking beer battered cod. It's it's a real treat. Oh. God in heaven. You know, that that kind of reminds me. So there was this documentary uh, in the early two thousands or the first half Uh the two thousands called Cinemania. Have you guys seen this? No, no, I haven't even heard of this. Uh, Cinemania. It's about like a few different people that live in New York City and they're like addicted to cinema. Basically, um, like like it's it's kind of like a uh, proto hoarders episode um where like these people uh some of them are on the verge of ex- uh, eviction um some of them seem very like I haven't seen in a long time but uh they they a lot of them seem inept for a lot of social activity um but they're addicted to going to the theater right and they have like this crazy encyclopedic knowledge of movies um and they were also very snobbish in ways or very particular I should say um, about their hobby and some of them, or if not all of them uh, rejected the idea that popcorn should be in the movies, in the movie theaters because of like the rustling and whatever, like it just disturbed their purity, their, you know, the purity of their experience, whatever. Mm. I don't, I don't agree with that, but I will say you got to know how to handle it. Right. Uh, I mean, you, you still have to act with some tact and decorum and, uh, the one like eg- example that sticks out to me is I went. To, uh, I was in Milwaukee at like the like artsy theater and went to see Twelve Years a Slave, and um, it was like one of the brutal like whipping scenes, and somebody was just rifling through this brown paper bag of popcorn, and it was just like really, you have an appetite right now.
1: Oh God, oh.
2: <laughs> jesus I, man. I, I feel like you know what i mean or it's like if you're you you gotta be mindful of the noise too like the person who's like rifling through the uh the twizzlers bag mm-hmm. for an hour to be quiet yeah i like i like the guy who's just like he's down to
1: just like the yeah the kernels at the bottom and he's got it he's just gotta find that last piece of edible popcorn
0: it's just like it's like a baby rattle going off I remember I was watching, um, I believe it was David Cronenberg's A Dangerous Method, and it was nothing but a bunch of senior citizens in the theater and me, and I was sitting on one side of the theater, and a guy was sitting in front of me, and on the very other side of the theater, there was this rustling bag of popcorn, and that halfway through the movie, the guy sitting in front of me got up, walked over to the other end, and asked the guy to stop rustling through his popcorn, and then came and (laughs) sat back down
2: god it's crazy <laughs> that, fucking old people man yeah well, that's kind of what i felt regrets. like i felt like getting up during that movie and be like are you hungry right now does this make you want to eat <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh jesus um just yeah. sorry anyway <laughs> all right boys uh i think that about covers everything so i guess we'll wrap things up uh yeah. If you want more optimism vaccine goodness in your life, and of course you do, you can go to optimismvaccine.com. We got plenty of fabulous new articles for you. Jack's got a new article up. It's about uh anime and stuff because of Ghost in the Shell, which came out this past weekend. So you can go read that. Uh in addition to that, Sean, I think you got an article in the pipeline that should be coming out soon. More podcasts coming your way, and of course you can go to iTunes. And you should go to iTunes. Have you been to iTunes yet? Do us a favor. If you're listening to the show right now and you like the show right now, even if you don't like the show right now, but you like us and you just want to help your friends, uh, go to iTunes. Find the OpVac cast. Find Optimism Vaccine. Give us five stars and a written review. The written review part is the most important part. Why is that important? That's important because it increases our visibility to other people and the more visible we are, then you know, the more people listen and the more people that listen, the more stuff that we can do and uh, it just gets better and better. So please, please, if you're listening, do that for us. Also, if you want to tweet at us at Optimism Vaccine on Twitter, and hey, you can tell us uh, I don't know what what the fuck you're eating in the theater, and if we're crazy for uh, getting angry at popcorn rustlers or anything like that. Also, I'm I'm curious, like what other people like what their first moments of oh god, movies can be shit are, because I think ours are all three of ours are really grounded in a very specific time period. So I'd be interested in hearing from some older people, some younger people, uh, maybe some things that we might've missed out on. So yeah, definitely tweet at us. Also, if you want to tweet at me, I'm at Steve cuff on Twitter. Sean, where do people find you? M
2: R G L I N I S.
1: All right. At Mr. Glennis. and, uh, Jake, how about you? I'm at Jake Tropila, T R O P I L A. Fantastic. All right, Jake, as always, last words, yours. Cookies are for closers only. <laughs> that was like a little godfather in there. That was that's
2: nice. <laughs> well, listen, Michael, my boy, I want you to take these cookies. I
0: want you to <laughs> yeah, yeah, eat them.
1: I'm <laughs> well, I finally,
2: close this cookie. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay. I'll take a microphone into my broom closet, and then I'll do some roll-and-orzable vocals so you can play it in the background like it's a real song. I think that's a good there idea. You go. <laughs> What's the matter with you love? <laughs> <laughs> What's you I feel... not
2: bad. It's a well-gone-crazy <laughs> woman in chains. <laughs> All right.
1: I think you should just sing Madonna's Ray of Light, but in the Roland Orzobal voice. <laughs> <laughs> Holy, Holy shit. shit.
2: Or Johnny Cash was Hurt. I hurt myself. Uh, I always default to Michael today. McDonald. <laughs> hey, you. That was Michael McDonald. <laughs> I hurt myself <laughs> today. I hurt back in long ago. <laughs>